Welcome back to Sideline Sports. No JB Ellis, no Eric Wilson, but you do have John Shear, the most important face, most important player. Oh, I haven't missed you saying that. There's so much going on. By the way, before we get to any sports, guys, what's your favorite uh, Halloween candy? Like, is there a certain Halloween candy that you hate and then you, then hmm. that's your favorite, I guess? Like, give well, me one of each. Let's go to Bryce. I mean, you know, we, he's a little it's bit of a guest this happened. week. I mean, Bryce is, is a, a not only a friend of the show, part of the Sideline Sports Network of, of people that we work with and we are lucky to work with everybody. So first of all, Bryce, welcome, John. And even how, how can you not welcome Bryce? What's well, up with that? I man? mean, Halloween candy is pretty important. No, por- right. no offense, right. Bryce, fine. but yeah. just all right. I see how it is. Halloween all candy, right, Bryce. Bryce, Bryce what is? Let's let's go with you first, then. Let's what do you got? Well, listen, I absolutely despise candy corn, so I can tell you what I hate. Hey, I'm with uh, you on that, my man. Yeah, candy corn is a no go. Disgusting. But a favorite, I mean. <laughs> I don't particularly have a favorite Halloween candy because I kind of eat the generic candy to eat during the other three, uh, 364 days of the year. Well, you got like Twix, you got uh, Skittles, you got I, Snickers. I think a better Reese's. question is, John, what is your favorite candy to get on Halloween? Oh, man. I mean, I don't tip. Because these candies, you can get them year-round. Right, but... what's but your it, When you get on Halloween, which one are you most excited about? It's more You're special. Like, oh, my God, it's Halloween. Halloween. I got this candy. That's that's the question. I mean, for me, like, whenever I reach in there and, and I see a Reese's peanut butter cup, nice Reese's peanut butter cup, I mean, contrary to Dan Orlovsky's <laughs> crushing Reese's peanut butter cups, which, which he loves blasphemous. the Dolphins, he, he dotes on the Dolphins, but he hates Reese's peanut butter cups, it seems, you know, Bad juju to you, Dan Olowski, for hey. knocking Reese's peanut butter cups. You can't knock Reese's peanut butter cups. That's like hating mac and cheese. Like you just can't do that. That's number one on my list for re- for Halloween candy. Um, and then, I mean, like I, I guess like I don't really like getting like the Skittles or anything like that. That's really hard on you. Your like teeth. I think or, like John, the milk you just like chocolate. You like chocolate yeah. related candy. Like I don't like my can Halloween candy to be like chewy and hard to eat. I just want it to be simple, like a Reese's peanut butter cup. It goes down smooth. Snickers goes down smooth. But Skittles and stuff like that, like, it, it takes a while to eat. It's too much work. I'm with you on that. No. You guys are sleeping sleeping on the best candy, though. And first of all, I agree with Bryce. I despise candy corn. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> Second of all, John, I don't know if Kayla is watching. She's probably not. She's probably studying, which is fine. She's with you. She's a Reese's peanut butter fan. She loves peanut butter and chocolate. So, I'm not denying it's good. It's just not my favorite. The best by far, though, I don't know how nobody's mentioned it. It's a Kit Kat, and it's not even a discussion. Kit Kats are just the greatest thing ever. They're they're probably my favorite candy, period. And lastly, John, I do agree with you on the point of the the Skittle and all those. Even M&Ms, i got to be honest. I, I, I don't need them. I think they're overrated. Skittles overrated. Now, now if I get a peanut butter, uh, if I get a peanut butter M&Ms in there, that's I'm going to be happy. I, I still think overall those candies are a little overrated. That's all. And I think, and I th- and I th- I, I think the bar say, candies, those bar candies are usually better. Than, I think Kit you know, Kat is like M&Ms the Harold and, Baines where it's going to get in the Hall of Fame or it's already in there, but it really you know, shouldn't be. I feel like it's like an average right. candy that gets, you know, gets more love than it should. Always, always picking on me and finding a problem with what I have to say. This is, it, well, this is the problem. John Shear way. Well, I have a problem with your Giants, too. There was a lot, actually, that happened at the trade deadline. Your Giants didn't do anything. And we'll ha- I'll happily talk about that. But, but 
But the Atlanta yes. Falcons did something. They sure did. And I have to ask Bryce, who is a Falcons fan. He's and first of all, Falcons before we get fan. to that. He's a Falcons reporter for us, basically. Falcons I mean, the man, reporters. The, yeah, man, yeah. the man knows his Falcons better than anybody else. Don't, tell the people don't just call him a about, fan. He deserves more credit than that. Tell the little people a little bit about where you're from and your station and before we get to all that. Because, I mean, there are fans really haven't seen you in a while. So maybe we have it's a true. lot of new fans it's been maybe not while. know Bryce yet before we get to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I'm from Georgia, from Fanville, Georgia, which is like really close to uh, the city of Atlanta. Um, lived there basically on my entire life. Just last year, I moved to Lexington, Kentucky to take a job as a news producer at Fox 56 in Lexington. Um, so I've been doing that for the past year. Um, coming up, I just I just reached my one year about a month ago. Well, congratulations. Well, congratulations, appreciate sir. It, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, and, you know, we got another year to go before, you know, I start looking into new ventures, but um yeah man obviously like you said cover falcons cover hawks primarily can really do all teams but those are the teams i focus on in my free time you know and obviously since i'm up here in you know lexington now i'm technically you know i'm aware of what's happening at university yeah. of Kentucky and everything that happens with them you so. just choose you're not focused on it you still you know you're an atlanta guy at heart and that's fine and, and i had that. to talk nice about the atlanta hawks last night on the sports arena <laughs> part of the segment that was what i was given i had to talk nice about them it Made me sick. I feel like oh, I ate bad Halloween candy. Oh, I have to talk nice about boy. the Hawks. John, there's not John, really anything me, nice oh, about the right you know. Is is your goal today to cause a problem with everybody on screen except for yourself? That obviously. is that's how I live my life. It's <laughs> like Austin Powers. I, like I Austin like Powers, I live dangerously. I feel like you came after me with the Kit Kat thing. You're coming after Bryce with his Atlanta. You know what's why? Why can't you just say something nice and leave it at that? Uh, it's just not in my DNA. All right, fine. So Bryce, Calvin Ridley goes to the Jags. Obviously, he's suspended till the end of the season. So this is a trade that realistically doesn't mean anything in terms of value for uh, the Jags until next year. But mm-hmm. initial thoughts, walk us through what's going on with that. What are you, what are you uh, hearing, thinking? What do you got? Uh, yeah, obviously, this has been a move that has been you know in the works for a while. Um you know, obviously last offseason, the Falcons were looking at trading Calvin Ridley. Then he right. got suspended. Uh, we can talk about it's kind of BS. He got suspended for a year when other people have done worse things. But, you know. No question about that. But, you know. Yeah, it's another topic. Yeah. But that was a big discussion, I think, within like uh, Falcons fan circles was what was going to happen with Calvin Ridley. Because some people were thinking, oh, is it possible because of all this, you know, men's fences, he comes back next year, he's a part of the receiving core. But I think the, the regime with Terry and, and Arthur Smith knew that they were still going to move off of him, and they finally found a deal that worked. And I think that's why they labeled the deal a very complex deal. Oh, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a deal where, you know, I think we get a fourth this year, and then next year is where we can really get some value. I believe, if I remember correctly, if he, if he is reinstated by a certain date, it'll yes. become a fifth-round pick. Correct. If not, it'll just be a sixth. Yep. If he makes the team, it'll become in twenty four. That's in twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, yeah. twenty four. It'll be. A, I believe it'll be a four. Yep. If he hits, I think a certain stats, certain stats, so it'll be a yeah. third. Yep. And if the Jags sign him to an extension, it'll be a second. It'd be a second. Yep. This is going to be the most complicated trade in history. There yeah. are so but, many I mean, nuances to it. At I mean, minimum, it they get a. At minimum, they get a fourth. The, yeah, I mean, the Falcons no, get a fourth I, at minimum. I think it's a great it's trade. It's just. Yeah. It's just listening to it and trying to remember. 
<laughs> oh, well, this happens, then you get this. And if this happens, you get this. It's like my head's going to explode. Well, there's there's, there's so many like pieces to this trade. Like, and I give the Falcons credit for that. I think that was a genius move because they're guaranteeing themselves certain things. And if other, you know, if things go a certain way, all right, it gets better. But at the worst, you kind of set up a nice worst case scenario. I, I actually really like that move. It's, I, uh, teams, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do it. It's it's genius. I think more teams might start doing it because it's smart. Because literally yeah. think about it. Sometimes you have a player who has baggage or there's something you're not certain about. And so teams don't want to give up a high draft pick for him. Right. So why don't we have conditions? Well, if he ends up not working out, you give us a low pick. If he ends up being what you want, we get a high pick. So it right. works. So that totally might be sense. something you might start seeing teams do. To and, me, it's, and, it makes total sense. And the cool thing about today's day and age is we get to, like, a couple of years ago, we never really got to hear about language in contracts. Like, we just heard such and such is traded. Ricky Williams traded to the Dolphins, and that's it. And here's the picks, and that's it. But yeah. now we get to hear about language in the deals, which some people might find boring. Me, I find that interesting because I, I like – I like hearing the Kyler Murray stuff. Like I, I like knowing that that exists as, that a, as, a, as a reporter, like I, like a journalist, like I love hearing that stuff because I like knowing that that stuff. Happens. It gives you stuff to report on. It gives you yeah, meat and, on the bone. And also just to me as a, as a sports person, like it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, um, the fact, I mean, also you got to remember how old's Calvin Ridley. He's like 24, 25. 25 he's a, he's really young. Basically be out of football for two years when he comes back next year. It's the same as Deshaun Watson. And, yeah. and you know, in, in terms of how long he is right And now. the thing is, like, the Falcons spent a first rounder on him. Um, yep. You weren't really sure what he was going to be when Julio left. Like, I have, I still had, I had my doubts last year. I still do. Like, can yeah. he be the guy when Julio Jones type guys aren't taking off the coverage? Saw a little bit where he really couldn't handle it last year, but that was small sample size. And also, the like, judge. the Jags are taking a risk because he had the, all that mental health stuff where he just stopped playing football. So yep. now the Jags, like, are taking a risk on, will he be mentally, you know, Ready. healthy? Will so, he be there? Yeah, you're there. So there's a lot that the Jags are taking a risk on. But the Falcons also are going to want that compensation because the young guy, he's extremely talented. And, it, and if his head's right, and once he knocks the rust off, this is one of the most dynamic players. We can't forget, he's yeah. one of the most dynamic players in football. One of the better when, route runners when he's in football. right. Yeah. And he's, so, like, we he's can't got forget speed about to back how it up good he is. Don't forget that. He's got plenty of speed he's alongside all of that. He's dynamic. So, yeah. there's a lot to this trade. I think it, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, if, if Cal Ridley's right, him and Trevor Lawrence are going to be amazing together. They're have a great time. Atlanta's. I said this last year. I said to begin in the preseason. I said it last night on the sports arena. Like we do a who knew I knew section or segment. I said Atlanta Falcons because I said at the beginning of the season. I said they're doing it right. Last year I saw so much positive with Arthur Smith with the way they were building it, and then this year, like they're just fighting hard in every game. Yeah, and they should they be are. five and three if not for if they potentially beat the Bucks, if not for that Grady Jarrett call, they get a chance to beat that the Bucks was, down yeah. six. Chance. Can't say they would have won. But, like, and they're still in first, even despite that. So, like, oh. I know I'm rambling on. Hold on. So them, being, them being in first is not something to start bragging about, only no, because but, the rest but, of that division has not been great. Not to take no, away from with, Atlanta, but, the division hasn't necessarily been the cream of the crop. But you know, Atlanta it's not was, like the NFC East, excuse when me. Smith took over last year, Atlanta and they still have a lot of rebuilding to do, but they were really far behind like right. the yeah. saints, the bucks and the Falcons. I mean, the saints bucks and Panthers in that division for my money going into last year. 
and they've just come so far. Like they're ahead of their rebuild right now. They're doing so well. I know it's just four and four, but for a team that just had to get rid of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and start over Bryce, like, I mean, for me, like I really like how far they've come in a year and a half and and losing Ridley. Like, yeah. The big thing for that really is just, you know, they coming into this year, I mean, there are many media circles that expect us to be a bottom five team, expected us to yep. be competing for Shroud, competing yep. for Young, not competitive. And, you know, when I looked at how the team was being constructed over the offseason, one thing about Terry, he's been very masterful of how he's been building this team. He's signing a lot of guys on one-year prove-it deals, so if they end up being, you know, good, you got a quality player for a year, and then maybe you win them next year. Maybe you give him to an extension. We did that this past year with Cordell Patterson. We saw how that worked out for oh, us. I love Cordell you know, Patterson. I think he's one of the most perfect players to have on a rebuilding team. Exactly. He is, he's, he's a do-it-all kind of guy. He's not I just a it. running back. He's yeah. a running back and, in a receiver's body. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say it. Yeah, for sure. I, and, I, I love him. And so now you see kind of the blueprint here. You know, we're one of the best rushing attacks in football. We have a three-headed running back monster now. Yep. Even Mariota with his running ability. Oh, he's great. You, know, you have Kyle Pitts. You have Drake London. You know, you got something you're building off of there. They got to use been- Kyle Pitts. I haven't been I know. You got to use yeah, him. I'm been- tired of them Trump, not using that, that's him. That's not a good Head out of your ass and start using him. My gosh. Sorry. That's been, a, that's been an interesting that. um, topic of discussion. I, I – People obviously are kind of been back and forth on Arthur Smith because of that. Like, what's going on? Why are you drafting these pass catchers and not throwing? Obviously, like I said, that's the, another conversation about Mariota and everything because we drafted Ritter. And then it's like, Mariota, you don't trust him to throw the ball, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, I agree with that. You want to use Pitts. We finally did this past week against the Panthers. He played really well. And, um, you know, I think overall this team is, you know, lead, headed in the right direction. And they're staying the course. They didn't feel like today they needed to make any major trades, even though they're first in the division. Right now, everything's just gravy. If they end up making the playoffs, fantastic. Because yeah. next year, I believe right now, they have close to $80 million in cap next year. And then they have nine picks. So oh, they have plenty good. of money to, even if they make the playoffs, now you're like, we had a couple of players. We still have a draft class. Maybe make a big trade with some of those picks. We're immediately now talking about Falcons maybe in contention next year if they make and, the right moves, of course. Something that I said going into the year that I loved is what they did with Marcus Meredith. They're not tied to him. Jake, they're not. No, he's just a, just a stopgap. I, I think he's a good – but I think he's got the chance to be their guy if he proves yep. it this year. But you're right. I mean, he doesn't – you're not tied to him, which is the best part. If he makes you really relevant and he's good, okay, you revive his career and you keep him. Great. If he sucks, then you just say, hi, see you later. Just let him go. Just kind of like the Giants can do with Daniel Jones, right, this yep. year. Let him prove what he's worth. If he can get you to the playoffs, he can make you a winning team, do certain things. All right, let's keep him. Let's go. If he and sucks, you're, and you're not then paying you just a quarterback, cut ties 40, and you don't care. Yeah, you're not paying a quarterback forty million, so you don't got to live in right. that world. You're, you're not. You're not doing what the Colts are doing, which is paying an exorbitant <laughs> amount of money for a quarterback to just sit him on the bench and do nothing. <laughs> or trading a first for for Carson yeah, yeah. Wentz last year. <laughs> John, I think, then, uh, I think there's one thing the, I can say about all three of our teams. And then all like Washington goes and trades a first for Carson, oh. like I. All, all three of our teams at this very moment are doing a great thing with their quarterback. Bryce and the Falcons, like I just said, if it doesn't work out, you just cut ties. Giants kind of the same boat, right? Jones works out, you keep him long-term maybe or a couple more years, Not eh, whatever. And John Tua, he, he's proving to me this year that, hey, I, I doubted him in past years. I think Mike McDaniel is a great coach for him. 
I think also having Tua and Jalen Waddle is just oh setting gosh. them up for ultimate success. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, and he's making good throws. It's not that it's not just that he's using his legs, he's making the throws. It's he's, it's he's crazy to me how- as a quarterback, but all of us can say, yeah, our, our team's doing the right thing with our quarterbacks. We're not mm-hmm. we're not it, being the Colts and digging ourselves in a hole. And I keep and, and using that- him as the example, but. They're an easy target to just pick yeah. on. They screw up multiple times. This is and not, not the first to, time. Not to like touch on the Dolphins too much, but like remember the last two years where like if Tua went out and Ryan Fitzpatrick came in, like the Dolphin it wasn't like the Dolphins were like, Oh no, Tua's out of the game. Like, what are we gonna do? Right. They were just like, Whatever, Ryan Fitzpatrick is throwing the ball better. Ryan Fitzpatrick's seen the field and, better. And, and it almost a lot felt of times like, a lot of times we were say. not me, but you guys were like all right, Fitzpatrick's in. Like they're better now. If Tua's yeah. out, where everybody's like, if Tua's out, and te- you know, if Teddy is in, though, I don't feel that way because I think you guys have one of the best backups in the league. Right, but, but I do prefer you guys with Tua, no doubt. Yeah, like, but right now the aspirations better. for the Dolphins are are going to the Super Bowl because you add Tyree Kill and you got Jalen Waddle and you had all these pieces. Like now your expectations are like, hey, like it's it's playoffs, but it's also like. We expect you to compete with the Chiefs and the Bills. So, yeah. like now, if you look at the Dolphins and you take out Tua, it's I, like, oh crap! The world, the world's falling. The world's ending a little bit. We need Tua, and like that shows how much he's he's progressed, and and that's kind of cool to see. Um, not just because he's my guy, but just see a young quarterback like we saw it with Josh Allen, where when he got Stefan Diggs, he went from like we're not sure to like okay, yeah, yeah. like. You're right. That helped his development. Now he's arrived. You're right. So mm-hmm. talking more about the Dolphins, I want to touch on this quickly. And, John, I was joking before the show, but it is an important trade. We can't ignore it. Bradley, Chubb, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, that is a huge trade. And I know you guys also got Jeff Wilson, I believe, correct? That's a huge Chase trade. Ed, Chase Edmonds. I don't recall. Get that Chase, bum out of here. I don't recall. Where Where did you guys send Chase Edmonds? I'm, I'm, send him to Denver. Okay. They have 45 running backs. It does. I mean, Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds – uh, Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. It's <laughs> it's whatever. They're Broncos country. You're not riding anywhere. unless you're <laughs> unless you're riding out unless you're riding into the glue factory. You guys are going. <laughs> sorry, factory. not sorry. Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins though is a big move, and I love that move a lot. Um, defense has not been your biggest strong suit this season, John. As a Dolphin fan, I know that's been a little bit annoying, but I think Bradley Chubb. Uh, I gotta be honest. You get you get Chubb. That's pretty good. I, I was surprised they traded him because the Broncos made his all-in push. I felt like when you get Russell Wilson, they did, things aren't things aren't going so well. So you trade one of your best defensive players. I think I the Broncos realize that they're not as they're not like when they when we went to the preseason. Everybody was like, "Man, they got Russ." Like they were a quarterback away. Like, I, I mean, for me, I said like they're not because. I'm not exactly sure what the receiver you're going to get out of Jerry Judy. Wasn't sure what you're going to get out of health wise. The running backs like Javante Williams. I thought he was just going to be a stud this year. He would have been had he not gotten hurt. And the line, the line has been really bad. So like I wasn't all on the Broncos because the AFC is so loaded. And I think the Broncos also realized with Hackett, like they're further back than they expected. And they're not going to compete with, with these teams, they're locked in with Russ. They can't do anything about that. But everything else, they're stuck with him. Like they, they have no options. Yeah, he's theirs, and you can't get rid of like, him. Like we're gonna start selling off pieces and kind of. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing because you paid Russ all this money. You didn't trade any offensive stars, nor did you trade for any offensive players. So you're you're essentially saying 
your offense is just the same. All you did was add Chase Edmonds. And again, Which Chase doesn't Edmonds, help you at all. It's just another mouth to feed in that backfield. It doesn't do anything. It, to me, it doesn't make any mountain. It doesn't move any mountains. It doesn't shift the tides. It just says you got a third down back is basically what they're planning to use them for. Congratulations. Um, on defense, you get rid of them, and, and your defense was your best attribute. So I don't really it, – it's one of those moves that I look at I it, and, and maybe, Bryce, you're seeing something that we're not. Where What are they planning to do? Because to me, it just screams we're stuck with our offense the way it is in terms of having Russ, but we don't believe in ourselves, so we're going to downgrade our best option, our best asset in our defense? I, I don't I mean, really understand it. You, you, I mean, we've seen teams do this before. I, I think the thing is is that – you know, with where they are in the season, I mean, they, you, you trade a lot of stuff to get Russ. So right. you kind of have to attempt to get something back, and you got a first back. Because sometimes you can see that happening. Like, if you really right. aren't that close and you realize that, well, you got to kind of have to start trading guys. Because if you don't, you're not getting any closer and you have no picks. Are you you're just setting yourself up to be bad for the next couple of years? So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where – I think that's what they're dealing with right now. Like, clearly, they're still competitive. Like, they're still in the race. But we eventually think as the season continues, they'll falter off. And oh, I yeah. think that's really the big thing there is that they probably feel like we got to get something back, at least have something we can grasp onto yeah. to continue to maybe try to build this team in the future. And this is this is a situation that even, even, even the Rams could be in now with all the issues they have with no picks. They might have to start trading guys. because well, the trade no deadline passed, and now they can't. Exactly. So <laughs> unless this offseason you ain't got no picks, it can't yeah. really improve the team. Well, the, yeah. the thing I don't understand with this trade is, first of all, why would you trade with Miami? Because Miami gave up Sam Fran's pick. Yeah, and I know. Sam Fran's pick is going to be a late round pick. Like, yep, let's face it, Sam, Fran, Sam Fran's going to be one of the best teams in the league record wise. And they're going to go deep into the playoffs, probably divisional round, like somewhere around there, maybe NFC championship, somewhere in there. You're CMC so like, on that team. You never know. I mean, so, but I'm just saying like the pick, now. the pick isn't going to be a top five pick. No, you know what you're, I mean? It's not like the bottom, Broncos are getting a top five pick. They're getting like, you're guaranteed 20, 20 plus. Yeah. yeah 20, 20 plus. It's better than having no pick. But to Jake's point is like, you're giving up one of your best assets. Yeah. And I know Bradley Chubb isn't a superstar. Like he really hasn't developed quite like they had hoped he would. I think um, he's pretty good, John. Right. He's pretty good. But like, but five and a half sacks on the season so far, I, but, I would say it's but what pretty I'm superstar saying is that level. I, that offense hasn't done anything. So you rely heavily yeah. on the defense and then you're just giving away Chubb for a late round first. You're, you're getting a fourth, but you're giving a fifth. And then you I, I get think, Chase Edmonds, who's been terrible. I when think where I disagree. Backs. They he shouldn't have traded Chubb. They should have tried to trade Jerry Judy. But the, the only offense, thing. The offense was bad anyway. There were plenty of teams in the, in the receiver market. And I want to touch on that with the Packers in a minute because they didn't get anybody. Why wouldn't I get it? I don't know what the Packers situation was. I'm not in the war rooms. I'm not in those meetings. Why didn't you try to offload Jerry Judy to the Packers for maybe yep. you get a second or a third, right? I'm, it's not a first, so I understand that. But, you know, you're still getting a comparable pick. And then I also think it's funny that, you know, the, the Broncos got rid of Chubb, but then they traded for another another pass rusher. So the only they, thing they, I they, will say... They knew what they were doing. They got rid of him and replaced him with somebody that's not as good. The only thing I will say is if you guys watched the Broncos against the Colts, that 
horrendous game. Oh. There's both one thing that, that hold on, John. Those are both teams that know need to go to the glue factory. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> There's one thing that came out of that game. I I really didn't know about this guy. If you guys watched that game and and came out of it and said Baron Brown is a, a that dude's a dude. Like that that guy's a real man. Like maybe that's why they're getting rid of Bradley Chubb. And if you don't know about him, Jake, go watch that guy play against the Colts in that game. That guy's an absolute monster. They got him in 2021 out of Ohio State. And he has a motor like and like nobody's business. Like I could see why they got rid of Chubb because they're like, okay, we need a first and Browning is a dude. So I understand that because this guy now, I mean he's now the real in- question is how will he perform without Chubb though? That's right, the question right. I then but, have. But man, the guy, the guy looks like a stud. I, I, I and it also could have been a financial move too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They tied up a lot of money in Russ, so they gotta free up some money somewhere. This, this could just be a financial. We gotta get get some money too. <laughs> that could be. That could be. So, all right, I want to go over a couple trades. Don't talk on them. Just want to sure. mention them real quick. Uh, Ravens. I think it was actually yesterday it happened, but still part of the trade deadline. Traded for Roquan Smith again. I think a phenomenal move. Uh, a defense needs the help. I think you might as well try and get some help if you can. I like the move. Um, another really big move today. Um, again, a move I love. TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings for the price point they got him at. Who do you at, like it for? Detroit or Minnesota? I like it for both teams. I think I, I, I love it for the Vikings because Irv Smith is down. He's going to be on IR. He's going to be out, I said, for quite a while. So that stinks. Um, I don't like it as much for. Detroit, I still like it for them because I think it's I think it's partially a money thing. They don't want to have to pick up his contract next year, and so they're trying to save money. So I understand that, and that's why I kind of like it for them. I think the Vikings, it's great. You put him with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. He's a great blocking tight end, but he's also got some great receiving abilities and, again, replaces Irv Smith. I think that's a great move. Um, another move I like, of course, Jamie's not here. I wish he was. Chase Claypool to the Bears. Um, I really like this move for both teams again. I, think, I hate it for the Bears. I love it for the, no. I like it. I love it for the Steelers. The Steelers they're yeah. getting a second round pick for Chase Claypool. I think the Bears overpaid on him. I like it for the Bears in the fact that it's good to get a receiver for Justin Fields because Darnell Mooney is not enough. Darnell Mooney right. is like a, he's second, a nice slot guy, right? He's, he, he's your number two, maybe your number three option. Yeah. He is not your number one option. I think Chase Claypool can be your number two if you force him to number one. Maybe he performs that way. We'll see. I'm not that confident. So I think the Bears overpaid on him, but I do like the idea. Justin Fields has played really well the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys have watched him. He has looked awesome. And I am the first to tell you, I thought he looked terrible at the beginning of the season. He looks great the last couple of weeks. He's really yep. using his legs. That's why I like it for the Bears. I think it's a good move, and it helps them in that regard. Um, last, uh, and then I want to talk about the Packers and their lack of a wide receiver deal, which I do want to discuss for a couple minutes. Um, but Naeem Hines to the Bills. I know there were picks involved. Also, Zach Moss goes back to the Colts. Uh, if you're a JT owner in fantasy, congratulations. That's pretty great for you. Um, if you are a Bills offensive player owner, it doesn't really affect you because Naeem Hines is, unless you own Devin Singletary in fantasy, which if you do, I mean, he shouldn't be more than really like flex play for you. i got to be honest, whatever. Uh, Naeem Hines will make a nice play in that offense. I like the idea of it. Uh, he's a good pass catching down back at the very least. He is a good runner. I, I, I prefer him over Zach Moss, certainly. So I like the move and the fact that, hey, it's an extra it's an extra guy in that offense. And so what was already a dynamic offense, you make it more dynamic, why not? No sure. reason not to. The Bills are obviously going all in. Yes, sir. The, the My favorite trade, and nobody's really talked about it, 
Um, if you know anything about William Jackson from the Commanders, yep, the guy is absolutely a stud at corner. Yep. And he asked for a trade out. I was hoping that the Dolphins would get him because we desperately needed quarterback help. Like I like the Bradley Chubb move. I like the Jeff Wilson move. I understand yep. both of them. But William Jackson was the guy I wanted the most. I wanted Kareem was, Hunt, I'll be honest. Uh, but I, we'll, we'll but talk William, about him in a minute. But depth-wise, like – the Dolphins hurt at cornerback so bad. And William Jackson's a really, really good player, really good corner. And the Steelers got him for a steal. Like they basically got him for free from the commanders. And, and you know that's how I mean, Pittsburgh's helping out he their wanted, defense. Which, no, you know why he wanted, the, they got that John. Cause he wanted out of Washington. So yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. They he knew they had out. to trade him. And well, that's a, came steal for him. The Steelers. It's a great pick. Absolutely brilliant pick, and it's it's going under the radar, but I think it's the best move so far. It was a pretty good pick. I I still think the McCaffrey one was probably the best, just because it's short term. I'm just saying, like it opens up the window for them to win a championship this year. No, no I know. I'm just saying what the Steelers gave up, which was basically nothing for really really good cornerback. Like that is a steal in its own right. You're not giving up a a maximum of like a sixth pick, I think. Yeah, for a a really good player. That's a that's a smart move. Oh, I, I agree. I, I do like that it. a lot. Um, all right. I want to talk about the Packers. And it kind of goes in with the fact that there were actually two players that were not traded. So we'll kind of make this a dual conversation. We'll talk about both. Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt, both not traded. Uh, Brandon Cooks is pissed, apparently. Uh, he basically, you know, was going on Twitter talking about his feelings about, you know, you guys gave me this hope, essentially, that I was going to come out and you didn't trade me. Not cool. Um, those are not his exact words. I don't have his exact words in front of me, but that was the gist. And the Packers don't trade for a wide receiver. So I want to turn this to you, but you know, let's start with the Packers side of this. If you're Aaron Rodgers, how pissed are you right now? Because you knew that you're a receiver. They didn't trade for one. If I'm him, I'd, I'm probably livid, but I'm curious what you guys are thinking. He's probably feeling. I mean, Aaron, Aaron's been dealing with this for years. I mean, when when was the last time Green Bay really went out of their way to get a guy? It's not really shocking. You're right. You know, when they had Devontae Adams, at least, it kind of masked the fact that they needed a little bit. Because it's like, yeah. I, I got one guy. Now he's got nobody. He's got who? Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, like- Sammy Watkins. Come on. I feel like the, the, the front office just does what the front office do. They're trying to get a good deal. And so they're like, oh, well, we don't want to give up too much to get him. And, the, and then the problem is, is like, do you, are you trying to win a Super Bowl or not? Do you want to be competitive or not? If you don't think you can be competitive and you're giving up on the season, then okay, don't make the move. But if you <laughs> right. truly, especially with Aaron there, who is, yeah. wants to win, if, you, if you're trying to be a Super Bowl team or you want to at least be competitive again, you have to just pull the trigger. And you had receivers out there for the taking. So it's not like you, you didn't have right. people ready. So let me ask you this, because I just thought this, it just came to me and I thought it might be an interesting thing. If you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year, if you're the Packers, why wouldn't you have called the Falcons and said, hey, we'll give you a fourth for Calvin Ridley? Sure. You know what I mean? Because think about it. If Aaron Rodgers is playing next year and Calvin Ridley is playing with Aaron Rodgers for a fourth round pick or even third or second, whenever it becomes – I feel like that's a steal for Aaron Rodgers and Calvin Ridley together would be absolutely fantastic it's next nice year. Piece. And, and I don't think Rodgers and I don't think Rodgers would be retiring if he knows Calvin Ridley's going to be there right. next year and this year's kind of on its way to being a lost season at least. I mean, the issue mind. is is that I mean the way Rodgers is like you, He's fed up with the front office. You don't know what Rogers is going to do this offseason. We could be on Rogers' watch this offseason. So you ain't got Rogers' watch all the time. Right? Come on. It's and a then Packers. Boom, he's like, Packers you know what? I hate this place. I'm retiring. And then boom, now it makes no sense. And now you're stuck with Jordan Love. 
So it's like you kind of can't make a year from now trade because you don't right. know what's going to happen with Aaron. Right. right. So but even still, so, I mean, up, Calvin Ridley. I mean, you really don't have receivers, and having yeah. Calvin Ridley next year, I think would have been nice. That's that's why I was disappointed they didn't go for Cooks. And I don't know if they did or did not, but the fact that he wasn't traded, I. My guess was Cooks was going to like one of like three teams. I thought the Giants were in the mix because they need a receiver desperately. And I know Joe Shane was certainly fielding offers and, you know, and talking to guys about it. He just had to find his right price. Obviously, he didn't find the Packers or the Chiefs. And the Chiefs traded for Kadarius Tony. So they felt like, okay, look, that's our extra guy that we want. Totally fine. That was what made them happy. Fine by me. I don't really care. They got their guys. So they kind of become off the table. So it's now Giants or Packers. And I figured the Packers would be aggressive in trying to get him. I figured they'd be like, look, Rodgers needs a reliable receiver, and who better to get Brandon Cooks? I mean, he's one of the most reliable receivers you could probably get that was going to potentially be available. I, to me, that figure, like, yeah, no-brainer. Let's do it. Like, get Rodgers a guy you can trust. Lazard becomes your number two. And then you're talking about Watkins or Dobbs or somebody else being your number three. It's a little bit easier because Lazard is good. He'll get you some touchdowns. He's going to make some plays. But he's not a number one. He's a number two. He's kind of like that Chase Claypool where – yeah, you can force him to be number one, but he's not really built to necessarily be number one. He's more of a number two, and that's cool. That's fine. That's what he does. So I, I just thought of this. Another one, because I'm trying to think of, like, Packers, you know, scenarios where, like, we're helping out Aaron Rodgers in this scenario, which, I mean, that pains me because oh, Aaron Rodgers is a person. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of bad teams that are looking to sell sell pieces. DJ and, Moore, but the the – Panthers, right. for whatever reason, won't trade him. And the Panthers are technically still in this thing for the division. Mm. They had a chance to beat you guys. Okay, John, right? sure. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're a bad team. There's so many mouths to feed. What about the Raiders? What if? What about if the Packers would have called for Hunter Renfro? Could you imagine a nice slot guy, Hunter Renfro and Aaron Rodgers, a reliable guy that you can count on to move the chains for you, which Rodgers doesn't have. Kind of like when Brady had Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola. What What do you guys think with, like, just John. as a random scenario, there's so many mouths to feed in Vegas. Like, it clearly it's, not everybody's eating right now. Darren Waller's not. Hunter Renfro's not. It's just Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. If you get Renfro out of there on a, from that bad team in Vegas because they are a bad football team overall, and you give Rodgers a weapon like that that's reliable, feel like you probably could have got him for like a fourth, maybe a third, somewhere in that ballpark. And he's not, he's, he's on a small, like, John, not you a big say deal. this. I thought the Raiders were going to trade somebody today, and it wasn't him, though. I thought Josh Jacobs is on his way out. Not because he's bad, he's great, but because they don't have him for next year. So you sell him to a team like the Bills, who is a rental, you give him to a team that needs a running back, he becomes their bell cow running back. You basically, you could just send Devin Singletary back the other way and maybe a pick. And I was really thinking that would happen because if you put Josh Jacobs on this Bills team, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's over. And it's I the th- same thing we've been were- saying for years, which is the Bills' biggest need is not receiver, it's not defense, it's not a quarterback. They just need a bell cow back. And Devin Singletary is nice, but I don't trust him to be my number one workhorse, you know, level guy. I don't see him being a Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley where he is that dude or Nick Chubb where he had taken over the backfield. I see him as like, yeah, he's a one, two down back and you got a three down, you know, you have a third down back, somebody else change of pace. I'm just I, glad I didn't see that. I'm just glad you didn't say the Packers go and trade no. back for Devontae Adams. No, no. <laughs> hey, that would look that would have been really funny, but I didn't think that was gonna happen. No. 
I really did think Josh Jacobs had an outside chance of getting moved, and the Bills were the first team that came to mind because of that. But I like the idea. I certainly like it. I just think, again, you know, Bryce, you kind of said it. I don't know where Aaron is going to be next week, next year. I don't know. He's every every off season we're talking about McAfee podcast. The revelation (laughs) every year, every year. It's like, oh, where's Aaron Rodgers going? Let me ask you this: like, if you're the Packers, because we're talking about this, why would you go and trade and give away assets right now? I know you like help out Aaron Rodgers, but. You got to think about the other fifty-two guys on the roster, and like they think they can win, John. Right? That's, no, but they, maybe they don't. Maybe they are much they, like the right. Broncos. So, maybe much like the Broncos, they realize that we're not a receiver away. We're not just one piece away. Like so we're John, further me, away than question, we think then. we are. If if that's the case, then why why would you have re-signed Rogers for more money? Because just, and because, I just because if you're not going to win, if you think it's I not think now. That, I think that they thought that much like the Broncos, like we all, we just said about them in the preseason, maybe they had Super Bowl aspirations. And at some point during this season, both teams looked at their team and said, and even the Raiders, like teams like that looked at their team and said, had aspirations for the Super Bowl, but actually we're not that good. And you have to come to that realization. And if you're at that realization, you have Rogers, who's almost 40 years old and you don't know what he's going to do. Why are you giving up draft picks to go and get a guy, a rent, maybe probably a rental guy, for for half a season when you know you're not you're not close well, to the Eagles? Obviously, right you're not obviously close to the Cowboys. You're not close must, to the Niners. You're not close to the Vikings. So, like, why would you do that, Bryce? It's, I mean, you you kind of, it, it's one of the tough decisions that anybody in the front office has to make because you you like I said, we talked about the Rodgers. You don't know what he's going to do next year. You don't want to you don't want to sell and then get burned, you know. Even though you see that teams that are trying to win now are selling, Dolphins sold to win now, the Rams have sold to win now, um, you know, 49ers sold to win now. But that's because they feel like they're all player away, you know, to get there. Packers, if they still had Devonte Adams, then you can maybe make the argument, okay, they could get another player, then sell and be it. But they took away Adams. Now that, that puts you back another player, maybe two players, maybe worth. And now you're seeing yeah. that it's not resulting in the victories and the wins. And, you know, you're, you're dealing with, you know, un, uh, this growing the quarterback and, and the Packers on front office has always been conservative. They've always wanted to build to the draft. They don't like signing high price free agents. They want to, they want to find gap fillers. They don't want to find real solutions because they feel like, Oh, we're good enough still on these parts of the ball. Defensively, they were supposed to be stronger. Obviously they're not as strong as they expected to be. You know, and then offensively, you see that it's just not it's not working. And now the Vikings are running away with the division. Now they're and still in the wild card. The NFL's been kind of stacked. And yeah, that NFC is bad outside. The NFC is is not good. Right. Yeah, you it's been a very price. stacked. But you're still in it. But is it worth giving away the future for? And I think that's what the Packers are having to look at right now. Like obviously, they're, you're hearing all this talk about oh, they were hoping that the defense was good so the offense could eventually get there. But the thing is, is that, listen, they're drafting guys, but here's the thing. You're not hitting. You're not hitting on them. They're not stars. They may become decent. Like, Rizard is decent. You know, there's decent guys. Again, the guys he's a number two. Dangerous, you know, but not game changers. I, I'm with you. So, uh, all right. Only other thing I wanted to talk about football-wise, and I want to make this a little quick because we do have some other topics I know we want to talk about. Um, the only guy that wasn't traded again, somebody I figured we'd traded, and again, back to the Bills. It was – same conversation that I just had with you guys, same thought process. 
Kareem Hunt, no trade. I uh, I figured he would get traded. He's a free agent after this season. Um, going you know, 23, he's an un, he's an un, he's excuse me, unrestricted free agent. Um, I figured they would have traded him. I, I don't know. It's 20, he's he's got a lot of talent. They don't need him. Nick Chubb is clearly the bell cow. You don't really need anybody to any anyone in terms of his his value. You don't need that. You need like. You need a Zach Moss, right? Like that's the kind of guy. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll take that. Why? He'll be change of pace. He's fine. You put him in we for a couple days. We saw a little days. bit of change of pace last year with Dearness Johnson. Like yeah, small sample size, but he was pretty that's what I'm solid. Sure. He's that's, pretty yeah. solid as okay. that. I, I just I picked yeah. Zach Moss because I think Bills could have been a suitor and it would have yeah. made plenty. But they of got sense. their guy in Dearness Johnson. They really like him, and he was good last yeah. year in in spurt. Like the small chances he got. So like. I don't, I don't understand this trade. Apparently, I mean, they signed last night because Kareem yeah. Hunt played more than he has in the last couple of weeks. Last Which night in the football game, so that might have been a sign that they were like, "Oh, we'll probably just hang on to him just because you're playing more." Because if you think you're going to trade him, you're going to yeah. scale back the snaps to make sure yeah. he doesn't get hurt. If so maybe maybe the Browns feel like they can still. Protect. I mean, they may feel like we can still be competitive if we can just get close to 500 before Deshaun gets back. We got two backs. We got you know receivers. We got him. Hey, let's make one last run at it, and then we'll just hope for the best this offseason. I don't know, but I, I, I figured he was one of those players that I was like, nope, he's getting shipped off, and I'm not even going to be remotely surprised when it happens, and it didn't. So it's and not apparently, And apparently no. they, they fielded calls on him, but nothing, nothing – according to the reports, nothing came close to them even get, like, getting any deal. Like the talks I, didn't go anywhere with anybody in the, in the talks which, that they had. Which, you know what that sounds like to me? They probably were asking too high. People yep. were going too low for their liking. Mm-hmm. For what is really, but, what, he's I mean, a rental. You, That's what he is. Not, if, yeah, you're not going to like pay more. Him, you're not going to pay more in a fourth or a fifth for Kareem Hunt. Like that's I, the most yeah. you're going to pay. And, because what I would do, kind of, we talked about the other trade. If you side him long term, it gets bumped up to maybe a fourth. Yep. Or 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 from a fourth to a third, maybe, maybe. But you're not paying that's a second. It. No, you're not even. You're, yeah. you're not even. Think, you're not even considering a third. Unless it's that condition of we sign him long term, that's it, because he's just a rental. That was it. And he's a running back. Running backs. Yeah. Are running backs have a short shelf life. You're right. Yeah. So, all right, I want to move on to uh, let's call let's go a little basketball. Uh, Steve Nash was fired today. Thoughts on this move, gentlemen? I'll start with Bryce. Uh, I know Bryce, you're pretty big into basketball, bigger into basketball than the two of us are. So, I want to start with okay. you on this. What are you thinking? Um, I mean, it was one of those situations that you kind of saw inevitably happening. Obviously, Kevin Durant was literally requesting a trade this offseason because of him. And I just didn't see how it worked out. People always said the playbook out of coming out of timeouts is all right, just find Kyrie or KD and let's see what happens. Which I mean I can call that up. You can call that up. John terrible. can call it. He didn't I, he, he didn't go through the coaching tree to get to that spot. He just was boom, retirement. Hey, you want to be a head coach? Okay. You know, it was just, it was just nothing. They just looked in big. the crowd. They're like, hey, who wants to be I was like, oh, there's Steve exactly. Nash. He was, he was pretty good at basketball. Yeah, you, you come nice. on. You want to be the head coach? Yeah, come on down. Yeah. And it, didn't, it didn't work out. And and now we're hearing they're targeting Ime Udoka. They're probably thinking to themselves. That's a weird situation. Thinking, they're thinking, wait, they took the Celtics to the finals last year, and all they did was add him. So he'll do the same for us. That's exactly the way they're thinking. He'll it's just like, come oh, over and we'll become a finals team. Like that's, so like, that's not how life works. When I heard that today, Bryce, like I heard on the radio that 
that they were going at that he like he was going to sign with them. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. He's still under contract with the Celtics. And apparently the Celtics are, are allowing him... this. And I'm like, yeah. what world do we live in where you're for... just like, he's, hey, he's rookie, suspended. So they're like, ah, go ahead. Hey, Whatever. rookie coach that took us to the NBA finals last year. Yeah. Like, go ahead and just walk to, you know, one of our rivals with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Like, it's so stupid. That so makes stupid. no sense. Like he still knows how to coach. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a weird weird situation. But they probably knowing Boston, they're probably just like you know what? Well, we'll we, there's no point of keeping him here because it, it's it's not helping anyone out, right? You know, it's just like him being there is not him him here, leaving him anyway. suspended. Let's just let, let's get over it. Flip let's him. move on. Let's if Nets need a head coach, fine, whatever. Yeah, you know they may not be asking for any draft compensation, but they're just they're like well, yeah. you can take him. We'll let you have him. You can see what happens. And then it's hard. Because remember, yeah. you're, he's becoming – I'm assuming he'll become the coach during the season. That so would be the hard to kind of change the offense, <laughs> change philosophy. That's also going on road trips the next day. So that'll – Bryce, that's the big thing I, I was just thinking was if you were going to fire Steve Nash, which feels like kind of was a ticking time bomb, right? It was a matter of when, not if. Yep. Why did you do it? In the middle, like uh, that, that that beginning of part of the season, that you're just starting the season. The first few, why did you do it then? Why didn't you they just do it like, like since it is the beginning of part of the season? My my thought is, why didn't you just why didn't you just do it like two months ago? Eventually get there, rip just, that bandaid off now. Yeah. yeah, why 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 didn't you just do it two months ago? Why why get to this point? Why what was what was did you expect him to just bring this team together and then go ah well our our, our stars are upset with him but I wonder we're if it was so a PR just move him. like. I wonder if it was a PR move because if you do it when Kevin Durant requests a trade because Kevin Durant didn't want Steve Nash to be his coach. He wanted him to be fired. So if you do it when Kevin Durant's asking for a trade, it looks, in the PR-wise, it looks like you're giving Kevin Durant his yeah. way. But it, No, I know, but, 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 I know, but I'm saying when, when you do these PR things, if you do it when Kevin Durant's asking for a trade, it looks like you're giving Kevin Durant the, what he wants. If you do it a little bit after and kind of everything is going by the wayside, it doesn't quite look yeah. like Kevin Durant got his way. Like that's what it, I know. It I know it sounds crazy, but that's the way these PR moves work with teams. I, you're talking to a P, someone that does PR, John. I know. The problem, the way I look at this is, you should have you should have fired him after the failures of last season. You knew your you knew your your people, your team were not happy with him. Things were not what they were supposed to be. You were supposed to win the East. You didn't even do that. And now, yes, of course, Philly had a good season. No question that Philly played well. But you should have been like a 50-plus win team based on all the expectations. You didn't even reach, you didn't reach that. It's the same thing I said about the Yankees. Why should Boone be fired? Oh, well, you could say he made it to the playoffs. That's not the goal. Playoffs are not the goal. And when you fail at meeting your goals, you got to make a change sometimes. So to me, it's like waiting till now, what does it do? It doesn't do anything. You, you make it an excuse that you can do it now. To me, that's just fine. It, it saves face maybe a little bit. You're two and five. You, you played seven games. Now you think is the right time to do it. To me, it looks just as stupid because I'm like, you played seven games, guys. You have it's a long just, season. It's seven it's games. Weird situation. It just, just makes no general. sense. Because it, so- it sounds like they just waited to, for for things to fail, and they're like, oh well, when things go to you know to garbage, we'll just get rid of them then. And it's just like, well, that was a stupid waste of a couple games that you could have won. You, you could have won those games with a better coach, and this would have all gone so much easier. Yeah, simple that's that. true. That's simple as that. 
But uh, all right, John, I know there's something you want to talk about. I've ignored it for as long as I can. We got about, uh, I'll call it seven-ish minutes. Yeah. Take it away, sir. Yeah, man. I mean, we got to talk about the World Series. We um, have to. Yeah, we have to. I mean, the World Series is happening. Like, I'm just kidding. Astros. John, Phillies. I'm loving this. John, so what the do Phillies you got? Four nothing tonight. I'm four nothing. Okay, okay, I was going to ask you what loving the score it. is exactly. Yeah. So how do we feel about the World Series? Who do we think is going to win? Like, do you do you think Philly has any shot at winning this thing? Yeah, I think Philly. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, I mean, you kind of saw it last year with the Braves. If you get hot and your pitching's hot and your hitting's hot, you can win it all. I mean, that's. That's kind of the way they always say any type of playoff pass, any playoff yeah. sport is. If you're hot and playing your best stuff, you have a chance to win. I mean, remember, Houston was the best team a lot of people thought in baseball last year for most of the year, got to the World yeah. Series. They faced a team that was hot, and they lost to them. Right now they're in the exact same situation, playing a team that's hot. You see Philly, even though they're down four four runs, five runs, they'll come back and beat you. So they, they've clearly shown they, you they're they resilient. They got rid of Joe Girardi. Boom. That changed the team. Made a couple additions. Bryce Hoffer is a star. I mean, this this series could easily go seven to me. I can't I, argue with Bryce. I, I just don't see how Philly wins this thing. The only the only knock against Houston is they've Justin Verlander, who's the worst worst mm. pitcher in the history of the World Series. Uh, no, he has all right, in the history of World Series. In the history yes. of the World Series, in the history he has, of the playoffs, it's Clayton no, Kershaw. No, but the World Series, the, yes, out of every yes, at yes. minimum three games pitched, he has the worst ERA in the history that's, of full That's fair. Nobody's mm. ever had a worse ERA. So, like, I love Just, Justin Verlander. He's going into the Hall of Fame one day, yeah. but he's the worst pitcher we've ever seen in the World Series. Look. So, like, that's not something I'm encouraged by when it comes to Houston. But other than that, like, Houston's just an animal can't see Philly winning this. It's they're not you know the, they're not the same as the Braves. Like the Braves were last year were better than the Phillies are this year, in my opinion. Um, I just can't see Philly pulling this off. They so, got. I said this last night. They have to win all three games in in Philly to win this thing. They're not winning it in Houston. They rely on the crowd. They already won a game in Houston. What do you mean? No, I know, but the World Series winning it all. You got to fit. You got to so get over the. Hump I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to agree with Bryce. I think Philly certainly has a chance. I'm going to tell you why. It's real simple. Um, do you know how many championships the Astros have had since 2015, which was their first playoff appearance? Uh, you know, before that, they hadn't been since 2005. So they I'm starting in 2015. One. They got one, 2017. In 15, they lost in the division series. In 16, they missed the playoffs. 17, they win the World Series. 18, they lose in the championship series. 19, they lose in the World Series. 2020, they lose in the championship series. 21, they lose in the World Series. You noticing a pattern there? They don't win in the World Series a lot. You know why? They won one. And you know when that series was? Does anybody remember what happened to the Astros in 2017? I'm, they beat the Yankees. No, no, no. In the, in the, the season as a whole, what happened? Something came out. Does, does anybody remember? They won remember? the World Series. Oh, that's right. They cheated that year. So my point is, it's very simple. The Astros cheated. But you're not know. mad. Forget that I'm mad. I don't like the teams cheat at all. I'm pissed. When the Yankees got caught apparently doing something as well, I was just as upset. I think it's – there's And the Red Sox. Let's not forget yeah, the Red yeah, Sox. Too. of course. But I'm, I'm picking my own team saying it swings to my own team, and I'm not afraid to yeah. admit it. Um, but the Astros haven't won without cheating to our knowledge at least in terms of they haven't won a World Series, and the only season they did win one was when they were cheating, and we know they were. 
I don't think the Astros can win the World Series without cheating. How about that? They already had rumors coming out after game two yep. that the video of the pitcher doing all the wiping, and they were yeah, like, that, oh, you know, like, I'll tell you this. Like hitting it off yeah. his wrist. And his the Astros shirt. already cheated in this series as well. Like, hey. I, don't, I don't know if you guys watched game one. I, I, maybe you didn't. They cheated in this series. Okay. Now, apparently I, the bat I, thing. like No, forget that. No, no, that. forget that. Just completely forget that for a second. The bad thing, forget that that was probably a way of cheating. F- completely forget that for a second. Martin Maldonado, same guy. He leaned into a pitch. He put his elbow and, and intentionally tried to get hit by a pitch. It wasn't like, you know, he turned his body and it was an accident where his elbow went forward and he gets hit by a pitch. No, he like leaned forward, physically attempting to run into the pitch. And the ump was like, no, you, you ran into it, jerk. You're not like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you can't do that. So the, the Astros are notorious for cheating. They clearly can't stop doing it. They're, you know, they're like a gambling addict or a drug addict. They just can't stop. They they are so enamored and addicted to it. They physically aren't able to stop. The Astros got a cheating problem. They just won't stop doing it. It doesn't matter, though, because they cheated once. They got caught. They haven't cheated like that to our knowledge like that since. They haven't won since they did that. I think the Phillies are hot. I think they are playing phenomenal baseball. They're playing it tonight. They crushed Lance McCullers tonight. Got four runs on him. It's it's currently four nothing. They're absolutely just destroying them at the moment. We're going into the fifth as we speak. I think the Phillies win this. I think it's going to take seven games possibly. I'm not saying it's going to be like a you know a four to one series win and the you know just the Phillies just crush them. That's the only way they can win. But. But my thoughts are this, John, and you kind of said it, and I'll, I'll leave my thoughts at this. Let's say it goes to Game Seven, right? Who are you putting in Game Seven most likely? I think Verlander probably goes four and seven. I would okay. imagine, right? Right, and I agree with that. So that's why I ask you because you brought up Verlander. I don't trust Verlander in that game at all. No, but I you have to roll with no. Him I, game I'm seven. just saying. Yeah. I'm saying to someone that's analyzing this, I don't yeah. trust him. I think it's the right move to put him in there, no doubt. He's your ace. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't. Really if it were me, if I were the coach, I'm putting in Framber Valdez. I think you you can't – nobody can touch him right now. He's been electric. <laughs> Apparently but, not. But, <laughs> but hey, hey. Is there any substance? Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't know. I'm just saying. But I would put him. But they're going to put Verlander, which gives, I think, the advantage to Philly. I, I think Philly might win this in seven games. I, I, I think another – as weird as it sounds, another NL East team that's somehow not the Mets manages to beat the Astros in the World <laughs> Series, and the Astros try to cheat, and they can't do it, and that's why cheaters never win and winners never cheat. And the one time they did cheat, they got caught, and they shouldn't have a championship as a result. That's a whole other problem for another day, and that is all I have to say on that subject. Thank you very much. All right, where can we find everybody, Jake? <laughs> no, I got to start with Bryce. First of all, Bryce is the guest, so he gets to start it off. And second of all, you know it's got to finish with me because I got my little spiel at the end. I don't know how it's going. Yes, sir. Y'all can catch me on all social media, um, Brycey underscore 2K. Um, do Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Falcons shows on YouTube at Bryce's if you want to look that up. Uh, also, you can go on my website, Brycey2Ksports.com, if you want to look up any articles that I've also written on both of those teams as well. John. Yep, Blue Hawks 13. Um, that's yeah, sideline sports. Make sure you check out our YouTube, all of our channels, all the great shows every day of the week, Sunday through Saturday, Miami dolphins are five and three. Make sure you don't forget that because we're on our way. Don't you, don't you ever hey, look up giants are six and two. So they're better than the dolphins. They're fraudulent. I said record wise, watch your mouth, watch your mouth. Bill Parcells is wrong when he says you are what your record says you are. 
Anyway, your uh, turn. Then that means you guys are not really five and three. Okay, thank or you. Or better much. than that. Yeah, no, you're not. Good try. Um, all right. Anyway, I'm mute John because I don't want to hear his voice, and he's going to just keep talking over me. So you guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. John, you can tell me I don't order. I don't care. I'm talking about the show, man. Uh, as as always on Twitter, Jake underscore Malik. You can find me there. I'm you know just look me up on those socials. That's where I usually am. Just look up my name. More importantly, as you see scrolling across the bottom of your screen, you can find Sideline Sports in the following places: Instagram and Twitter is Sideline Sport One. YouTube and Facebook is Sideline Sports. We are on Instagram, TikTok, uh, DBTV. Check us out there. We're on all social media platforms: Spotify, all that good stuff. Check us out, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid.